dolphins and jags. What a drag! Welcome, football fans, to episode 71 of the Serpent Artificial Turf Podcast. I'm Baxter Hill. This is my co-host, Casey Thompson. Casey, how was your non-football week, buddy? Non-football week was good. Um, I don't think anything substantial. I'm trying to go through day by day. <laughs> And I cannot think of anything too substantial. Just took a day trip to Tampa on one of the days. And um, so I had to watch the two kids, uh, which means that I texted Sydney and said, can you come help me watch the two kids? (laughs) I'm outnumbered. (laughs) Um, Don't like playing the zone defense, huh? No. no, Need that man. That's tough. It is tough. Um, but no, beside that, uh, non-football week was pretty unexciting, I think. <laughs> hmm. Oh, watch Last of Us. Incredible. Man, what a show. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just, per, you know, no notes, you know? And it, it, it's only supposed to get better than here. from here. I'm like, okay, yeah. sure. <laughs> Come uh, on. So Give me a break. Great. The first lady... She said that first episode was scary? Yeah. She's in for a rude awakening as we get yeah, further yeah, yeah. into it, because that I was mean, it, not it, scary. It, it's suspenseful. Okay. Like, the go, it, she was talking specifically about going into the house, house the next door. Yeah, was, that part was not like... Is it, it wasn't she did, scary, though. It, um, this yeah, is like, I, this I, is like she, the spicy conversation from a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Suspenseful, yeah, yeah. scary, not the same thing. Uh yeah, it was a well, it was a it was a it was a suspenseful scary, or a scary suspenseful. There you go. It was Car- what was like around the corner was something scary. Was a <laughs> was a human eating another Grandma. human. Spoiler <laughs> <Yeah>. alert <laughs> for anybody who's gonna watch Last of Us. Yeah, it was good, man. Um, made me want to pick back up that game. <sighs> so good. I can't believe you don't. Uh, I, I mean, we have to I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a finisher. Um. Hey. I've, been, I've been told. I've been told. <laughs> Goodness I've been told gracious. I go all the way, <laughs> um, and I do the same thing with video games. I make sure, that, for the most part, I finish them, uh, unless a life event happens. Like I Let know me. I was in the middle of a game when Emerson was born, and I had not gone back to that game. Uh, R.I.P. Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh. But, um, but for the most part, I finish games unless they're trash. Hashtag Arkham Knights is trash. <laughs> Yikes. Um. How was My your week, week, buddy. It was good. Uh, same as usual. Ellie took a massive spill today at the park. Oh uh, no! Sliced her chin up on on some mulch. Oh no! Not that beautiful face. She's got a big old, she's got a big old cut down here on the oh. bottom of her chin. Oh. She did not enjoy it. Uh, screaming for mommy, telling me that I was uh, not a good father. It oh was, my god! <laughs> wow. It was. It was something else. That's vicious. Um, yeah, she was very upset. Uh, but I just let her cry it out. You know, we came home. We watched some uh, We watched some TV. We cuddled on the couch. All was forgiven. Uh, what you drink, buddy? For the last time, because it's the last one I have, idealistic reality. You did it. Congratulations. 
Uh, <laughs> it's all over. I have no longer have an idealistic reality. <laughs> Juice Force. Voodoo Ranger IPA. You ready to get into this? Yeah, to my football week, um, I did go to Miller's Ale House. Mm. And I was not disappointed really by the food i think the, the problem is like the bar was set so low oh. by you and the guy i was going with chris that i was just like oh, this is gonna be terrible and uh i don't know i got this mountain thing that had fries cheese and fried chicken okay. with like dipping sauces and it was good <laughs> you know it's it's hard to do that wrong you sure. know um and uh it was good and it was a nice space. They, have, they opened a new one in Celebration Point. Uh, I would say no one showed up from the Surf and Artificial Turf uh, <laughs> group. Um, but uh, uh, Chris was there. We still had to get, Yeah, Chris uh, was there as along with Andrew, who will never listen to the podcast because he's not big of a football fan. But um, <laughs> um, it was uh, it was a good experience. Uh, I went there expecting a less stressful experience. I was like, yeah, I'll go because I don't, I'm not going to be stressed about this yeah. game. So I can go to a public – like the I don't really go often out into public to watch football games because it no. stresses me out mm. for, for my team, for my team. If it was not my team – I don't even I, like I, – I don't even like going places for the Super Bowl. No, I wouldn't say Super Bowl either. Um, but I used to go – I mean, I've definitely gone before for NFL Sundays. I've definitely gone before for some college basketball stuff. Like, I've gone and watched games in college football. But, like, if it's my team, it's so stressful. And the mm-hmm. last time I, I, I went to a game in a public space watching the Dolphins was against the Ravens week one in 2019 when we were terrible. And we got blown out. And I knew we were going to suck. You know, we had... Um, Oh, what the frick? Uh, Drew, not Drew. The guy from the Cardinals. Um, that was terrible. Drew, Drew, uh, Ro- Rosen. Josh Rosen Josh was Rosen. starting. Um, like I knew our team was gonna be bad. We got blown out like fifty-six to seven or something. Very good, stupid. very good. <laughs> so like, uh, but this, of course, I don't know what game we're starting with. But Yours. this, of course. Um, then let's just go right into it. Bills squeak past Dolphins, thirty-four, thirty-one. Miami overcame a seventeen-point deficit in the third quarter to take the lead, but ultimately couldn't hold on um yeah so it was just like much more stressful than i intended it to be um i mean it kind of was the recipe that i wanted for the most part um at least on one side of the ball uh our defense had to carry the day and they did pretty well um i know we allowed a lot of points but defensive touchdown Long return by Cedric Wilson and punt return, multiple interceptions. It was everything that you could possibly ask. Scoop for. and score. Yeah, the defensive touchdown. I already, already, already mm. said that. God. Um, by Zach Sealer, who's a super under underrated defensive tackle. He's mm. next to Christian Wilkins. I am very excited about our front four for years to come. Jalen Phillips is a top ten defense end in this league. Christian Wilkins is a top ten defensive tackle in this league. And Zach Sealer is super unrelated, un- underrated. And Bradley Chubb will have a full offseason where him and Jalen Phillips said that they're going to train the whole offseason together yeah. and refine their form and come back. We still have Emmanuel Ogba. Maybe. I mean, it's just, it, 
it's it's at this point, you know, he's under yeah. contract. I'm, I'm unsure what we're going to do with him, but I mean, th- that's a, that's a hell of a defensive line. I, I like our line to going forward. I like our defense. It, it's been a it's been a tough year with injuries, and I mean, they played really well. And Josh Allen just does this, just hero ball. He's freaking Mister Hero Ball, and it, I mean, to to a to a fault. I mean, some of the passes are incredible. The Gabe Dave t- touchdown was amazing. Mm-hmm. Stephon Diggs almost had a touchdown before half. Um, that if he didn't bobble, it would have been in you know a, a highlight reel. The Dawson Knox touchdown was amazing. I, it's just like he can make incredible plays, but you he's up less. He's up. I think they were up three or four, and they have the ball and it's in the fourth quarter and time's running down. You know, it, the only enemy is the clock. Um, and first down, he throws it thirty yards down the field. Incomplete. Second down, he throws it 30 yards down the field. It's like he just relies on that hero ball. Mm-hmm. Um, a little too much. And it did, I mean, it did result in some interceptions. And um, he extends, you know, it, it leads to extended plays and yeah. fumbles and things like that. We, we, um, I know we had the scoop and score, but there wasn't a time we, there was another time where we created another fumble. Um, it seems like one time per game, he's going to get the ball hit out of his hand because he's hold on to it for so long looking for the deep pass instead of taking the check down guy. Um, it is a fault of his. I don't know how to fix it. It's been so many. I mean, he's been in the league for a while now. I don't know if it's something that is um, fixable. I think that says who he is. Yeah. Um, but when he's on, he's on. It's just incredible. Um, he is so talented. But our defense held our own against them. I think the way you fix it is you find another playmaker for him other than these inconsistent guys that were not getting the job done so much that they had to bring the anti-vaxxer himself back out and John yeah. Brown like they're just kind of like other than Stefan Diggs I do feel like part of it is Josh Allen feels like the game is so much in his hands which he's probably right like yeah it, a, a, I do get McKenzie back this week mm-hmm. um you know I, which I, I like McKenzie more than um Cole Beasley and John Brown. I, John Brown's obviously a different type of receiver. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you're right. Absolutely disappointing receiving court. Going into this year, we kind of just thought that Gabe Davis um, was going to make that yeah, leap. Make a leap. And I liked, I, 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 I liked Isaiah McKenzie to be a solid wide receiver three. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he had some great games, but it just wasn't there. You're absolutely right. They are missing a receiver. I, I, I To me... That's where they should go first and foremost. Yeah, I agree. They've been so um, focused on pass rush and getting after Patrick Mahomes. You know, I think last year they took a defensive end, like an edge, in the first and the second round. I want to say. Well, they took Elam right in the in the first. Oh, round. maybe it was two years ago that they took. Uh, but I know that there was a year that the, first and second. The, no, but they took you're right. two edge guys. Uh, or I thought it was a defensive tackle, but you could be right. It, Either it, way, it, they are they are super defensive heady in the draft, mm-hmm. which is fine. You know, it's great to have a young defense, yeah. but I think it's just kind of like, oh, our offense is so successful. We can add some pieces in free agency. Um, obviously, Stephon Diggs was a big trade a couple of years back, in that, yeah. but that completely, that changed the offense. That wasn't right. adding to the offense. They relied on guys like Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie, who they drafted in later rounds, if I remember correctly. Mm. Um, and... You know, free agency acquisitions. And, I mean, at this point, pulling people off the street like Cole Beasley and yeah. John Brown. Uh, it, 
it, it's it's tough to rely on that. Um, I guess they did take Cook right in the draft this year. Yeah. Um, that hasn't really panned out yeah. as much as they want. I, just because I don't think I don't know if any run mate, running back is good in this offense. I don't mm. think that's the style of offense he he likes to look deep. His yeah. eyes are down the field. He doesn't want to check it down. Even if it was the I don't know Eckler, <laughs> you know I, I, he doesn't want to do that. That's not him. Um, I if I'm them, you have a great pass blocking running back. But other than that, it's empty set. Um, you know I, I, that's I think that's the Josh Allen offense your, he wants at least. Get yourself a DJ Chark. There you go. Get yourself a six four guy who can take the top off of a defense. But um, yeah, I I agree. I. I like the players on your defense. I don't know why the scheme seemingly has regressed so much this season, other than maybe the injuries like you're talking about. Because the whole premise of keeping the defensive coordinator was the defense was so strong last year, we keep him and we keep the continuity on defense. But that does not seem like it was the case this season. No, because the continuity with Josh Boyer isn't the continuity of our defense. That's the problem. I think that was the problem the whole way along. Josh Boyer just did not adapt. Hmm. He did not learn enough from Brian Flores. Because when Brian Flores took over the defense in the second half of the year, they were incredible. The problem with Josh Boyer is that he's set in his own ways. He likes to he likes to blitz a ton and yeah. you know, cover zero and things like that. And it's it's just not good. Um, in certain situations against certain quarterbacks and um, yes, we had injuries, but it just wasn't successful. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm impressed with their defense, um, but uh, I do hope for some changes. We're, we're, we're recording this on Wednesday. Boyer is still with us. I'm hoping that he's gone with some great candidates out there that I would rather give a shot at this with this defense. Mm-hmm. It's a talented group. We'll be healthier next year. Brandon Jones comes back. Probably Nick Needham gets re-signed. Have a healthier cornerback room. Grab a linebacker, and then let's ride. Resign Wilkins, of course. Offense again, same thing as the past couple of weeks. Just not really much to say about the offense. They've what? What can you say about a team who's playing a third-string quarterback, not named Brock Purdy? Yeah, no, I mean, um, and he was fine. I yeah. mean, the the, the Sky Skyler, he has his inaccuracies. Um, he has some issues in decision making and um, going through his reads, maybe too quickly. Uh, but he uh, he was fine. He is what he he is what he is. Uh, he just is a third string seventh round quarterback. Mm-hmm. What you expect to be a, a seventh round quarterback yeah. that's a rookie starting in Buffalo in a playoff game. Yeah. Um, we put some points on the board, but. Uh, our receivers didn't help him. Uh, name a receiver, and they probably have a drop pass. Biggest one, probably Mike Jacecki in the fourth quarter, w- which was an incredible pass, splitting yeah. three defenders, and who knows how far that play goes when we're down one score. I mean, that could have been that could have been a game changer. Was that the right, was that the right, pass that he gator armed it? There was I, there was either there was a drop yes. and there was also a play where he was just like I don't like he's like Gator yeah, it. he, he didn't even try and it, catch yeah, it he kind of put his arms a little bit too short and it kind of uh-huh. went through his arms because of it, um, but a hundred percent catchable it was slightly tipped but 
it just kind of was like whatever i mean he has the yeah. he has had incredible hands um it was just it was a disappointing game yeah for our receivers you got to help out the rookie quarterback uh you know waddle obviously had a couple tyreek had one jeff wilson had one it just was was across the board yeah um if you look at Skyler's stat line, probably substantially different uh, with those guys making those catches. And our run game, it's tough uh, without Mostert out there. Um, I, we definitely missed him. Having him out there would have been nice. Um, but it seemed like our game plan was relying on the pass a lot. Yeah. We were, uh, it was heavy pass. And, I mean, just... Other than that, a lot of other issues with play calling, getting plays in on time. Yeah. Just just frustrating things that we have a lot of motion. We have, Our plays are, aren't easy. They're complex. We have a bunch and a lot of pre, uh, pre-snap motions and things like that, that it's hard to kind of short. I mean, Mike Bidano admitted that it, it, he needs to work on getting the plays in quicker. Mm-hmm. And it was fine with Tua. Uh, but when you have again, when you have a rookie, the seventh round quarterback, it, it's 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 tough for him to have to handle that situation. At one point, Teron Armstead called a timeout. I was like, I don't know if I've ever seen that. Left tackle, it's like, oh no, let me get up and call a timeout because the play clock is running yeah. out. I was like, what in the world? It's just like it. it, it but it was just situ- it was just situational, and it, it it was loud there. Don't get me wrong. Of course, Buffalo is a tough place to play in, um, but communication's been an issue these past couple weeks, um, and really. We have things to work on there. Yep. Um, obviously, like you were just saying, you know, the big, huge fourth down uh, delay of game penalty, being unsure about whether or not they had gotten the first because he had gotten incorrect information, getting the play call in late. And then even still, when they went back to that fourth and six, I think this was one of the things for me where it was, you know, evident that you were missing Tua over Skyler, that fourth and sixth play that he called, in which he said in the press conference, he was like, I think we had an okay play call. You had a wide open guy in the middle of the field that if it was Tua, yeah. he lets that ball go and it's complete and they're marching down the field. Um, Skyler holds onto the ball, tries to throw it outside and just well, to a guy that just wasn't wasn't open. And that's yeah. the game. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a different game if we're healthy. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, no, we had them. It, it, that's that's what was so frustrating um, about it being so close is that we we did have them. We had a lead. Um, we had some bad penalties called against us. It was just a it was a it, a bunch a bunch of stuff. I mean, even though it's the spotting the spots where you talk about that fourth and sixth play, it was fourth and one, but we thought we had the first down. Because mm-hmm. we originally told it was a first down. And so, yes, they reset the play clock to 25 seconds, but um, we had to change personnel because of that. Yep. And the spot at the end of the game looked like the guy, the ref was like a half a yard short of the first down marker, and somehow they have a first down. I, I It just seemed odd. Um, and it was, again, a situation where a lot of our wide receivers and stuff like that went through a lot of illegal contact and there was some clips that I saw of Jalen Phillips getting mugged and held substantially and nothing called. But 
it, it was just so frustrating because we were so close. And who knows what happens next week if we make it through and who's our quarterback at that point. Um, but if we're healthy in this game, I, I have no doubt in my mind that we win. Uh, so, with that in mind, I mean, if you went at the beginning of the season and said, yeah, you would have went into Buffalo and won. I mean, you're obviously a championship contender. Mm-hmm. We've already said that we're basically running it back next year. Yeah. Two is going to be a starting quarterback. They are putting all the fire extinguishers out on those flames to make sure no one comes in and says otherwise as the rumors already are starting to swell about Tom Brady and things like that. And we don't need that. That's that's not what the offense is missing. Yeah. Um, grab a better backup quarterback. Hold that thought. Okay. But um, beside that, run it back and make a key. We know what we need to fix. Right tackle. Tight end that can block better, but still has the pass catching ability like Jacecki has. Maybe a running back, a few defenders, but really being healthy would be a substantial part of it. I mean, we were yep. eight and three. Um, so let's just run it back with most of what we had this year, because I do think we can be in that top tier of teams in the AFC. All right. Yep. All right, we'll get more into Dolphins offseason as we go here on the pod over the next couple of weeks and through the offseason. Um, let's move on. 36-yarder from the right hash to win the game. Logan Cook will put it down. Riley Patterson. Cook puts it down. Patterson's kick is up. The field goal is good! 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 The Jaguars have won it! The Jaguars have won it! They have come back from 27-0 to win the game and move on! How good is that? That's what I'm talking about! Jags give me a fucking heart attack versus Chargers, 31-30. After throwing four picks, four. Jags down 27, starting at a minute 25 in the second complete four touchdown drives in a row and a field goal to win the game. Uh, So I want to start with the defense. Um, I really feel like this defense right now is heating up at the exact right time. Okay. Um, They true that they gave up 27 points in the first half, but uh, here's where the chargers drive started. Jags 18. Chargers 43, Jags 16, Chargers 40. Uh, defense then goes to the second half, and they uh, when the Jags offense starts rolling, uh, they allow three points. Um, I think what we're seeing with this defense is a relatively young core coming together with a coach who's a first-time play caller and a first-time defensive coordinator in the NFL. Um that made two pivotal adjustments of having Trayvon Walker playing more with his hand in the dirt and moving Darius Williams outside that this defense has kind of started to find its footing and they've kind of grown together. And I think that this is more of what we're going to see going forward from this defense here next week, but also more so in, in in the future years to come. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know when we're doing our apology letters here, but we have a few to write uh, yeah. to different people and members of the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. And, and this one is, a, I guess, a whole um, side of the ball. Yeah. Uh, because they they have been substantially better. Um, you know, I don't think we were wrong at the beginning of the season. I think it was he wasn't coaching all that well and their defense wasn't playing all that well, but you got to give a first time defensive coordinator some time to adjust to calling plays and making those adjustments that needed to be made. Yeah, I guess they made the changes we suggested, I guess is yeah. the, the, the biggest thing, right? I mean, you don't have Shaq Griffin out there. You have, um, you don't have Devin Lloyd out there as much. You have Darius Williams is mostly on the outside now, right? Correct. Uh, these are things that we suggested at the beginning of the year, and who knows if this defense would have came into shape more earlier in the year. Right. Um, where did Trayvon Walker line up mostly in the uh, in the LA game? Uh, I never, I didn't look up at the stats or anything, but it definitely felt like I saw him more with his hand in the dirt. Like he's still playing edge, but they just they have him lined up differently. Yeah, I I just um. I I think I just uh. Generally, I mean, impressed with the changes that they've made because of the ones that seem obvious, but sometimes coaches don't make it because of different reasons. Um, mm-hmm. But it definitely has helped. And uh, Josh Allen is getting sacks five of the last six games. I think it is now. Yeah. Some you know someone where I don't remember if we spoke about it on the pod, but we were talking about. Uh, know he had some pressures but he just wasn't being effective yeah in the actual getting to the sacks and that has definitely changed Hmm. and just a couple guys that we didn't talk about a lot going into the season but your defensive tackles have definitely been a force and i mean Obviously, Cisco is a guy that's been good and that we thought would be good and for some reason didn't start until last year, but <laughs> here we are. Um, but, you know, it, 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 it still is very impressive with the turnaround mid-season or throughout the season, I should say. Um, your defense has come really into, f- into form. And uh, the biggest test of all is coming this week. <laughs> but um, but it, it is nice in terms of, again, and it's the same thing with, look, this this run might not lead to a Super Bowl, but you are having some questions answered Yeah. that you don't have to hear shit now about Trevor Lawrence. You now have three tackles that you can now figure out what Goodness to do with those gracious. guys. You know what I mean? Like you can, yeah. you can decide what to do next season um, and you have some flexibility there. You know what defenders work and what defenders don't. You know what defensive linemen work and what don't, what doesn't. You know what you need on both offense and defense. I, I I think that every game you play, you just start cementing your needs, what works, what doesn't, and just the questions that if the season had continued the way it had, what the offseason would have looked like. A lot of questions. When at, you know, after the Broncos game, compared to now, there's no question that Trevor Lawrence is your quarterback. It should be your quarterback for the next 15 years. Yeah. 
Um, congrats to Waffle House. There's, there's no question that you have good offensive pieces. You're adding Ridley next year. And you have solid defensive pieces. And it, it's really just, I'm, you know, it, and you're getting playoff experience, which I think is something. It's, it's something to remark yeah. at. Um, not only playoff experience, but you're down 27-0 in a playoff game. I said this early season with the Dolphins when we came back from in the Ravens game. There is no score now where you're not like, we can maybe we, come we back. Can, yes, we got that chance. You don't have to worry when you go down two scores immediately. And you're like, oh, we're out of this game. Because mm-hmm. that's sometimes the case with teams. And it, it just it's nice to be able to have those concerns go away. Yeah. And that happens because you keep playing games and different situations come up. And how do you handle those situations? Apology letter Doug Peterson. Because he outcoached Brandon Staley, although Staley came out today and said, oh, well, I outcoached him for the first half. Yeah. <laughs> Staley, you, you've, you, lost, you lost me, man. I used to love you. I, I've completely lost all confidence in you. Um, and you, the way you're you're speaking now is not helping because that's the only thing that you had left with. Um, I mean, Doug Peterson has really just formed a great coaching staff and completely flipped this d- direction of this team where it was last year with Urban so quickly. It, it's just it's all it's all gravy at this point. Uh, so offensively, since 1970, teams have won. 55 games out of 617 in which the quarterback has thrown four interceptions. That's a 11% win rate. Uh, if you narrow it down to the playoffs, that's only three wins. I, I struggle to call what Trevor Lawrence did great, as lots of the media people have been doing. I don't think you can ever call a quarterback throwing four picks great. Um, the comeback was great. Uh, the team win was great, and what it did is exactly what you said. Uh, it it gives it lets you know that your quarterback has this steady demeanor, which we've noted a couple of times in this podcast that he's very calm. Some people get frustrated by it because he isn't demonstrably angry. He's not breaking tablets, although he did almost smash one this week. I don't know if you saw it, but he did slam down a tablet for a second. Then he yeah. was like, no, yeah. this is not who I am. I'm not going to do this. <laughs> um, but he's just got this steady personality that nothing like this is going to affect him to the point where he can't continue to play. Tom Brady is 0-6 in games in which he's thrown four interceptions. So it's just I, I feel comfortable going forward with this offense, with this guy, as long as he's healthy, as long as he's able, being the quarterback of this team. I saw today they were talking about that his extension will be up after next year, and some guy wrote like six years, $270 million. No. I Give him the Patrick Mahomes. Give him the two years, ten years, half a million whatever you're going to adjust that up for inflation over the past couple of years right half a billion you know if it's 750 is whatever the market is that do that i'm so comfortable with him going forward the player i most want to give a shout out to here 
is a guy I don't think has been getting that much uh, in the media this week, and it's it's Evan Ingram. So Evan Ingram went seven for 93 and a touchdown, and he was that first touchdown that got the ball rolling. And when he was sitting on the ground after he scored, just like the look in his eyes, like the I am going to do whatever it takes to get us back into this game, the lack of celebration, the just standing up, getting up, going back with his teammates and getting ready for the next drive. Like that's what I want to see out of a receiver, out of a tight end, out of that kind of guy. I don't need to see a celebration after a touchdown when you're 27 points down. I want to see that fire in you that you're a competitor. Um, Of his 93 yards, 53 of them were yards after the catch. He had the third highest um, yak in the playoffs for wildcard weekend. And uh, you got to keep Evan Ingram at all costs. Yeah, I should have... um back to our text messages uh, searching the name Ingram because when he was a giant not a fan (laughs) you were not a fan (laughs) of Evan Ingram the the giant Um, yeah I just think that drops McGee as I called him as a giant (laughs) yeah and I I liked him I liked him as a giant we we had different opinions there Um, drops obviously were an issue but I thought he could be a uh, solid tight end for a team and just needed the right quarterback, and he got one. Um, yeah, I just uh, – oh, where to start? Um, you sitting down? Okay. So, uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I think that um, Trevor's performance, again, is just one of those things where – I mean, I already said this, but it, it's nice to – put a guy in a new situation, see how he reacts. And I know it's the playoff game, so it's like, you don't need to be in this situation. I don't want to be in mm-hmm. this situation, but it's good to know. It's good to know, like, what happens here, because all... There's not... When you look at previous comebacks, you see Andrew Luck and Tom Brady, and, you're like, the names that are there are premier quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, because of how difficult it is and it's you just can't come back with I mean I know we we're 17 points down but there were turnovers and things like that it wasn't Skyler that brought us back uh for for you guys it was just you know adjusting to what was happening and not letting it get to your head too much that how the rest were treating you guys I mean you could have just Joey I mean, posted you it just, well, exactly. That's yeah. exactly it. That's the exact way you don't want to react. I fucking hate the Bosa brothers, those racist fucks. And I hate their personalities because, of course, that's their personality. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like that is the, the, the man-child shit that you can't have on the team. That's not what you want from a guy like Engram. It's like, you know, yes, you can yell at the ref after the play. I mean, it's not like your 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 Jags receivers are like, well, I got mugged, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and just that, walk in silence. that uh, point course, in the end zone when when Zay Jones got basically just held, he went over to the ref and he was very demonstrable about what he was saying to him, but clearly wasn't enough to draw a flag. Correct. That's the point, right? It's not costing your team, which Bosa's 
double helmet throw in the most ridiculous video I've ever seen where he throws his helmet to the ground. Brandon Staley runs over to it, picks it up, hands it back to Bosa, who repeatedly throws it on the ground again. Goodness gracious. I mean, you have a C on your goddamn jersey. Act like it. You are the yeah. captain, and you're not acting like it. He didn't act like it during the in the beginning of the game when he did the L symbol to the Jacks crowd. Also, at it's half just, time. it's just exactly, it's just uh, you gotta have, you gotta react differently to what's happening on the field, mm. and how you react differently on on the field can lead to these types of comebacks, um, and. Trevor is not a guy that, I mean, we, we saw his tunnel video early in the season. Not going to get you really hyped up with that type of stuff. No. But is not going to lose his cool either. Right. Which I think is more important. And is a guy that, because if you want, I don't know if you've watched the sounds of the game yet, though. Um, but, like, the entire defense is just like, we got you. We just keep yeah, exactly. doing what we're the doing. Team is rallying around him we believe uh, in how you. Can you. How can you not like him? You don't have to be animated for your teammates to believe in you. Yeah. How how can you not like him? Like mm. that that's the thing, you know? Um and I mean it, it goes partly to the atmosphere that Doug Peterson and his coaching staff has yeah. set. Um for sure. Like that's not happening the last year. But no. It is because of Trevor. Um, and his personality is just one that it, it's he's not he's not hmm. Russell Wilson, you know. <laughs> that's um, a great that's a great way to end it. <laughs> Divisional round preview: Jags at Chiefs, a Saturday four fifteen kick. Jags are a eight and a half point underdog. Uh, this is the student versus the master game. Peterson versus Reed. Uh, Never expected this from the beginning of the season. Um, but here we are. So, defensively, I am looking for the Jags pass rush, which is sixth, versus the Chiefs pass block, which is eighth, and Mahomes escapability, which is ranked otherworldly. Uh, Jags pass rush has been getting a ton of pressure all season. And like you were saying, we're now starting to see it get converted into sacks more and more. But going into a game against Mahomes, what you're going to need is to not only affect Mahomes, but you're also going to need to be coming at him with a plan. You can't just run at Mahomes with your hair on fire and have him get outside and underhand a 78-yard pass to Kadarius Toney for a touchdown. Like... That kind of stuff is something that he does a lot. So you just have to be prepared as a team. You have to be able to come at him controlled, keep him within the pocket, but then also still be able to pressure him and get sacks. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's going to be a tough, <laughs> tough day for you guys. Um, <laughs> just thought that was funny. Yeah. Just thought. Just said. That was the funniest thing you've ever said, Casey. Be saying that's going to be a tough day for you guys. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a great day. She thinks it's going to be a great day. Um, it's just, uh, look, I, you know, I'll get to this in a bit, but 
teams after these types of comebacks aren't typically that great hmm. um, in the past. Anyone can win any any week, but just if you're just looking at trends and statistics, uh, teams that have big or comebacks aren't usually good the following week. It's just a matter of how you guys kind of level yourselves because you you kind of you really need to uh, going against just a better team than what you just faced in Kansas City. Um, every week, every big win that we spoke about in these past few, I don't know, seven weeks or so, was at home except for one, which was in Tennessee. Um, right? I think all your big wins, Dallas and Baltimore and Tennessee the second time and the Chargers, they're all at home. You you had your home crowd. And I don't know if you're winning some of those if you're not at home. Yeah. Um, it is a tougher situation to come back if you're away. And it's also a tougher situation to beat the best team in the league if you're away. <laughs> uh, you know, you uh, the plus side you've done is you played them earlier this year. Yeah. So that helps a little bit. You have some familiarity. They're not just a more of, they're not some sort of mythical creature, right? Yeah. That you don't know how you're going to stop Patrick Mahomes or how you're going to play or how to play against him. Every every player in that defense, for the most part, has played against him. And so uh, they have some experience and you, you go from there. But it will be a challenge with a team that's coming off of a bye versus you guys coming off of such a high mm-hmm. to not let this get away quickly and have your defense come out strong. Yeah, so week 10, they play the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs won 27-17. Uh, offense struggled mightily in that game, and then this was before the defensive changes, and there were just some wide-open um, some wide open Chiefs players scoring yeah, Who knows if Cisco didn't kill Juju? What exactly would have happened in that game? Mm-hmm. It could have been worse. <laughs> Uh, so offensively, uh, you're going to have to keep up and you're going to have to score points. Uh, Doug Peterson said previously this year, uh, you pass the score and you run to win. So we got to score points. So we're looking at Jack's passing, which is 13th versus Chiefs coverage, which is fourth. Um, if we get second half of Trevor from the Chargers game for a whole game, uh, Jags have a chance. Uh, since week 10, including the wild card game, which his score, which his grade was not great. Trevor is the fourth highest graded quarterback in the NFL. How Trevor goes in this game. So goes the football game. Yeah. Same situation, right? You just came off this high, this huge comeback. Zero, zero different team away in Kansas city. Just got to level yourself play the game. I can't imagine you're going to have as bad of a first quarter as you did against LA. So you have that going for you. Um, but learn from those mistakes. You don't have to be in that type of situation again. Right. Um, this team is a different team that this offense is a different office that played Kansas city earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And Trevor has substantially grown and gone through so many different situations. Um, and against some, you know, 
good defenses that you know I, I do expect you to score more than 17 um, and but really it's just a matter of you have to limit the mistakes because Mahomes will capitalize on them no doubt Chargers kicked some field goals after some of those mistakes. Um, you know, it could have been a much worse game if Keenan Allen, if Herbert connects with Keenan Allen, mm. right near the end of the first half. So, or was that the beginning of the third? I'm not, no, end of the first. So it's just like you had the game from hell and came back to win it. So it is possible, right? Um, yeah. But. It's just a, it's a different environment, you know. I thought that you guys should be favored against the Chargers. Um, the l- last couple away games, besides Tennessee and Houston, I mean, Houston was a rough game for Trevor, right? Um, so, you know, maybe it is more reliance on ETN. I mean, ETN did pretty good against the yeah. uh, Chargers, right? He had over 100 yards, um, trying to get you that beer bet for you but uh, I don't know it, it, it's, a, it's a tough challenge I, I, not much more I can say besides when I tell you later who I'm betting on 31-30 Chiefs 35-20 Chiefs alright here's our game for the week we're doing the you're the GM off-season primer. We're going to ask each other to step in the shoes of a GM slash coach from around the league and to make decisions for them looking forward into the off-season. Do you want to start or would you like me to start? I can start. Okay. I have you um, going first, but I know you're okay. a little underprepared. Okay. Uh, always underprepared, but I over-deliver. Mm. <laughs> um, That's what she said. <laughs> you are John Lynch. And Kyle Shanahan, because I don't sure. really know who's making decisions there. Uh, uh, power dynamics different. <laughs> what do you do with your quarterback room? You have Trey Lance going into his third year on his rookie contract. You have Brock Purdy going into his second year of his rookie contract. And you have Jimmy G, free agent. What do you do? Uh, goodbye, Jimmy been nice knowing you i wish you all the luck i hope you get on with another team and you can find success uh i'm going into the season with brock purdy as my starter next year oh trey lance as my backup i'm probably what i'm probably doing is i'm going into training camp with a trading camp battle um i'm not trading him now i would probably wait to trade trey lance until somebody got hurt or a team doesn't get a quarterback that they were looking for in the draft um but i'm i'm holding on to these two quarterbacks at least through the draft it's february 8th you just won the Super Bowl. Anything change in your no, evaluation? It, 
it's still the same. I'm still holding on to Purdy. I'm still holding on to Lance. I'm starting. I'm starting Brock Purdy at this point, going forward. But I am making the appearances that it it's a competition between the two, um, and I'm not moving Trey Lance until post draft. Got it. All right, your first one. This is why I told you to hold your hold your thought from earlier. Uh, last year, I asked you, um, mostly tongue in cheek, to how much should the Dolphins spend on a backup quarterback? Uh, with the announcement, like we were saying, with the expectation that is that two is coming back um, next season. So far, he has appeared in thirty six of his possible fifty three games. That's less than seventy percent. Um, first, I want to ask you as Chris Greer slash, uh, Mike McDaniel, are we moving on from Teddy who yes. also cannot stay in a game? Yes. Gone. We've seen what we've, what we've seen from Skyler. He's not a backup currently. He's a practice squad guy. Yeah. Uh, he's not your primary back. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now. Got two more questions for you. What are we doing here? Veteran quarterback or a uh, another late late round rookie? Veteran. Okay. Here is the list of veteran quarterbacks. Jimmy G. Okay. I want uh, Jimmy G. So I was going to say here's a line, <laughs> and I wanted you to pick above or below the line, but clearly it's above the line. Um <laughs> The line I have set, and I'm looking at this by uh, 2022 uh, average pay, is Mike White, who is, was at uh, two million last year. So above the oh. above the Mike White line. Oh yeah. Mike White, Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco, Jacoby Brissett, Mason Rudolph, Case Keenum, Jimmy Garoppolo, Sam Darnold. Below it would be guys like Kyle Allen, C.J. Beathard. Taylor Heineke, uh, Blaine Gabbert. So you want to go above this line, even if it means you're going to miss out on another free agent? Question mark? Yeah. So like a linebacker or... uh, Obviously, we both think the Dolphins are probably going to spend on an offensive lineman. So you're saying your priorities are offensive linemen and a backup quarterback with strong bones? Correct. One and two? Okay. Yep. I'd sign right tackle. Jawan Taylor, you are a Miami Dolphin. Yeah, that'd be fine. You know, it all kind of goes together because, you know, the 49ers um, have about 16.5 mil cap space, and a lot of their guys that they have... they they won't be able to manufacture as much as other teams because they don't have a lot of bad signings. <laughs> so a lot of the top guys are guys that, you know, you can't like say, oh, we're going to cut ties because, you know, the guys you're definitely going to keep. There's some restructuring. You can make money. But potentially the right tackle is going to be available. Um, there are other right tackles, that are, you know, other tackles that could be available to us. Um, we definitely need one or two improvements in our offensive line. But I would say... Jimmy G, he signed a one-year, seven million dollar contract. 
what if no. Jimmy gets an opportunity to start somewhere like the Raiders he probably or is taking it. the Jets? I don't think anyone's going to give him a, give him the opportunity to start. Who would be your next name on that list? Next name on the list? Um, I was just going to say, though, I, I would say give Jimmy G like three years, $25 million. I'm fine with that. Um, next on the list, good God, this list. Uh, <laughs> Sam Darnold? Mike White? Okay. Minute, this list kind of sucks. Jacoby Brissett? Um, no, I don't want to do that again. Taylor Heineke? <laughs> okay. Yes, Taylor Heineke. He's would, also uh, Taylor, below that line. You might even yeah, be able to. I, they, but I don't. But he's he's only below that line because that's how much he made this year. Right. I think he would he would get more uh, with his starting experience now uh, off of his rookie contract. Mm-hmm. But he's not going to be a starter, right? No one's going to sign him to be a starter unless you're Correct. tanking. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, Taylor Heineke I think is a great second option. Um, I just like Jimmy G in our offense because yep. there's familiarity there. Mm-hmm. Um, and. He has shown that he can win games. Um, we won one game, ninety-six, with a backup starting. My only concern with Jimmy G is you're bringing in a guy who also does not have very strong bones. Skylar Thompson likely to see the field again in <laughs> next year if your quarterbacks are uh, well, Tua look, and Jimmy. But the, I mean, it's fine. I, I just think that the, one of the first things is, of course, we're improving our offensive line, right? And I know that that can't be the only thing you do, but I mean, I don't know how much I would think about health as it comes to a backup as much. Um, you just got to be a little bit luckier than you were this year. And we had just had the 31st offensive line in the league on PFF this year. So possibly... Improving that will decrease our injuries. Sure. I'm no scientist, though. So. Hit me with your next one. Uh, you are Joe Shone. How do you pronounce his name? Shane. Oh. Is it Shane? Mm-hmm. That's terrible. Get out of here. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. That S-C-H-O-E-N. is that is spelled O-E-N. Oh. Yeah, Joe Shane. O e n h o e n. I don't make it up. I just hear it and repeat it. Uh, I knew that too. I knew I knew it was fucking Joe Shane, but I guess I never actually seen his name. Now that I'm thinking about it, I probably only heard it and never seen yeah. it. I just thought it was spelled Shane, as in like, you know, S H A N E. Anyway, Shane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have fifty-four million dollars in cap space. Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley are not under contract next year. Daniel Jones would be a thirty-three million dollar franchise tag hit. Saquon Barkley probably sixteen mil average per year. Are you signing one or both of those guys? Resigning. This is different than the way that you asked me it on the text. I I mean, if you're giving me the option to sign both, I'm signing both. One because I think from everything, from all of the reports, from everything that I've been hearing, I think you can get. Daniel Jones on a contract that is going to be significantly less than that average per year. 
uh, I think he's probably, you know, like a, a $25 million yeah. average per year tw- kind of guy. Sure. I, I agree. I agree with that. Which you could then give Saquon um, a, a deal that's even, you know, pretty close, similar to, to that. Um, you know, you're just kind of like changing up the way that the money in the in the years is, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to give them both the same amount of money every single year. You can you can make the contracts work. Um, I'd be signing them both, and I went back and forth on this because you would ask me which one, if I had to choose one, would I prefer? And it's the Jags fan in me who watched a team like what the Giants are going through right now with Blake Bortles, re-signed Blake Bortles. If I could only choose one, I'm re-signing Saquon Barkley. And I'm bringing on Sam Darnold. I'm bringing on Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm bringing on one of those guys because I've seen what my coach can do with Daniel Jones. And I'm pretty positive he could do it with any other mid-level starter. And if they don't make the playoffs and they're in range to draft a quarterback, let's get up there and, and, and get that true franchise guy who's not at the Kyler slash Cousins cutoff. Because I would still say Daniel Jones is above that line. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to know um, with Daniel Jones. I, uh, I'm bringing them both back. Though, if I can. Which would, I mean, give you like, let's say 13 mil cap space mm-hmm. to improve the rest of the team. What are you doing with your wide receiver room when you have Kenny Galladay there? Post June 1st, if you cut him, 13 and a half mil cap savings. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely moving on from that, and then I'm trying to replicate what they did with Diggs. I'm going after Hopkins or being aggressive and making a trade up in the draft using yeah. um, multiple picks to get up to get Quentin Johnson, to get to get Keishon Boutte, to get Jordan Addison, whichever one of those guys you feel like fills that role. After I get Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, wide receivers, the, the next main priority for this team. How many guys ideally would you add to that receiver room? Two. Wide receivers and tight ends. Two. I, I, I like Isaiah Hodgins. Um, who's the other one? Slayton's okay. Slayton. Like, if, like if Slayton was my wide receiver four, I, I think I'd be pretty comfortable with that um so i'm trying to add you know i'm trying to add a tight end and a wide receiver but i'm mostly going after a, a premier wide receiver in some way shape or form obj if he is willing to come back that might hmm. that might be a guy i might i might target and then even still try and go after a, a younger guy in the draft your next one you are Tom Telesco slash who's then what's the name of the guy who's the GM for the Chargers? I can't remember. Tom Telesco is the owner, I'm pretty sure. Uh, who are we looking at to, as a OC to save our phenom quarterback, Justin Herbert? 
what coaching tree are you looking at or names? You can give me either one. I like Bevel. <laughs> we talked about this earlier today. Um, he might stay in Miami. Yeah. But um, I don't like Bevel, by the way. Yeah? Yeah. I. This is a... I think he's good as a quarterback's coach. I don't know if he's necessarily good as an offensive coordinator. He was okay in Detroit. Um, he was terrible in Jacksonville. I don't know how much you can take out of the Jacksonville tenure. Um, some guys just get promoted above where they should be. How about this? Give me fucking Eric Benanimi. Yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll that's pay a twice as much you're making. With, you were, we'll pay you twice as much you're making with the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, they have you to can, allow him contr- to do that. You control the whole offense. Mm-hmm. You don't control the whole offense in Kansas City. Correct. Andy Andy comes in. You control the whole offense. We're giving Brandon Staley. He's on so a what tight about, leash. What about if we're going that tree? What about Frank Wright? Man, what he did with Andrew Luck? They made the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's fine. Give me Is someone that-, that has a a a playbook without the seven or less yard <laughs> routes only, you know? I want some I mean, verts in like, there. Yeah, Show it, me some four verts. It won't it would not take much to improve upon what they had. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, yes I mean it, it's tough. It's tough for the O C position to give you a good name. Um, just because of, you kind of have to think of what you just said, like head coaches that were just termed Nathaniel Hackett. Mm -hmm. Would you have him? I mean, I did just fire off a tweet about Nathaniel Hackett being an okay offensive coordinator. I don't know if that's who I would bring in, but no, he's a good offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. He is a good offensive coordinator. He is the one of the worst game managers I've ever witnessed be a head coach. Yeah. But you're not going to be in that role. You're going to call plays. Yeah, he gave Blake Bortles his best year, and he was there for Aaron Rodgers. Sure. Two MVP seasons, back-to-back. Exactly. So there's one, Nathaniel Hackett. All right. That would be a, uh, if it it didn't work, everybody's gone, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But they're probably still If they don't win a playoff game last year, next year, with that, with those, with that duo, <laughs> um, yeah, they, See I, I would fire. I would fire them both. All right, give me your next one, last one. You're Joe Douglas. Is this your last one? Yeah, you're Joe Douglas. Okay. Um, no restrictions. You can make it work. Choose from one of these quarterbacks: Jimmy G, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Derek Carr, Jimmy G, Anthony Richardson. What's the first one? Aaron Rodgers. I. So here's my problem right now. If I'm Joe Douglas, I might feel different personally about Aaron Rodgers. My concern about Aaron Rodgers, not only personality, but just the way he talks it could be a one-and-done situation with Aaron Rodgers. He could come in, and he could play... He, hell, he might even play half a season and be like, you know what, this, 
I'm not feeling the good vibes. I'm just going to retire. Like, I don't trust Aaron Rodgers. I don't trust him for a long-term guy. I don't think that he loves football anymore, which is an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Brady, too old. I'm I, I'm not hitching my wagon to a guy who's already got a deal done to be a commentator. <sighs> so that leaves for me personally... Anthony Richardson, Jimmy G, because uh, I'm also out on Carr. Uh, having to trade for Carr and then also pay that salary, not something that I'm looking to do as as any GM. Think new contract. Yeah, I mean, even still, I don't want to trade for him and then have to renegotiate a contract. So for me, it becomes Jimmy G versus Anthony Richardson. Um, I, I guess... Depending on how comfortable and how safe I feel within my job would be how I would how I would determine this. Like if I feel like like I told you the other day, I feel like the Jets regime is at a point where if they don't make the playoffs next year, they're probably out. Um, and if I feel that way, I'm probably going Jimmy G. If I feel comfortable in my position and I've got a couple of years, I'm gonna go Anthony Richardson. So I think ring, ultimately ring, ring. Woody Johnson is calling you. He says you have to win a playoff game this year or oh, you're out. Jimmy G. Hands hands down. I think So you're going Jimmy G over Aaron Rodgers. Correct. As well. Okay. Yes. Uh I want a guy who can come in, can play in the same exact system, just left it, is the exact opposite of Zach Wilson. He's going to come in. He's going to do exactly what we ask him to do. He's going to be able to operate this offense that he's been operating at a high level and win football games for us. Cause that's all we need. We just need a guy who can just come in and win football games. He doesn't got to be creative. He doesn't got to go out there and throw off his back foot and hit wide receivers. Take the drop do the play action, hit the, hit the fucking guy who's wide open Garrett Wilson down the middle of the field. We're good. Casey's taking a drink. Oh, you're fine. I'm waiting. You're the one that has to give me Mm. the next scenario. Okay. (laughs) Final one. Uh, You are Mike Vrabel. I guess now maybe Rand Carthon as he just got hired as the Titans GM. Yeah. Uh, I would like you to outline your plan for me for the Titans. Uh, We are currently negative 24 million over the cap. And here are your top five over the cap guys. I'd like to know what we're going to do to get underneath this. Ryan Tannehill is a $36.6 million cap hit <laughs> with an $18.8 million dead, dead cap. Bud Dupree is a $20.2 million cap hit with a $10.8 million dead cap. Kevin Byard, free safety, $19 million with a $13 million dead cap. Harold Rent Landry, ain't no way you're getting out of this one, buddy. He's an $18.8 million hit with a $30.2 million dead cap. <laughs> and now we're going to get into some guys. Uh, Derrick Henry, 16 mil cap hit with a $9 million dead cap. Taylor Luan, $14.8 million cap hit, no dead cap. Robert Woods, 14.6, with a $2.6 million dead cap. How are you going to get me out of this? I would try to trade Tannehill. 
and I'm tanking this year. You're tanking. You're yep. you're coming in as Rancorthon. We just had our interview, and you're saying the best way to get the Titans out from under this is next year. We're not worried about victories. Yeah, we're not close, and I'm completely kneecapped by the previous regime. <laughs> no shit. Signed right? guys like Bud Dupree and Ryan Tannehill to gigantic deals. That, and those guys are just not producing at the levels that that money warrants. Mm. And I don't have a quarterback of the future. And I'm missing a lot of pieces. I'm missing a lot of pieces. So I would say that I don't see a way forward. I would trade any asset I could. Our coach Everyone's hates Malik Willis. What are you doing with Malik? Uh, he can deal with him. He's are we be tanking a starting with him this year? This year? This year? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's a starting quarterback. Um, I'm trading every asset I can for a draft pick. I am trying my hardest to get a first. I don't know if anyone would take Derrick Henry for a first, but I would trade him for a first round draft pick. Yeah. And Taylor Lewan, I'm calling the Dolphins. I, it's just like that's the type of stuff I would just load up on draft picks because I look across the division and I see young quarterbacks now. Trevor Lawrence, probably young, probably Stroud. So let me let me ask you this then as well. Even if we're tanking this year, do you have any interest in trying to get up to get Bryce Young? Would you be in on a bidding war with the Bears if it costs you this year's first, next year's first, and multiple seconds? I don't. Or I are we targeting Bryce Young, Caleb Williams next year? I'm targeting the 2023 football class. You know, 2024 draft. Mm-hmm. Um, that draft class, based on our posi- positioning with Malik Willis starting every game, I don't imagine we will min- many. Since I just traded Derrick Henry for a second, and um, and Ryan Tannehill <laughs> and Taylor Lewan's out the door, yeah, fucking decimate this shit. And I, I just think that, I mean, I just, again, I, I, I wouldn't want to mortgage my future because I don't know have enough. Ar- I don't have enough confidence. I have enough around Young to give him this offense with nothing else because I don't have anything else to do give and say let's ride. Because I just traded my whole draft capital for you. Mm. Um, that would bring me concerns with the Texans who have so much draft capital and already have some good young pieces. With the Jags who are where they are right now, I have to compete against those two teams plus the Colts who may or may not hit with a quarterback this year Yeah, and already have a solid defense. I just have huge concerns that we're going to be stuck in this rut for years to come. I want to build the team around my decisions. So let me fucking do clean house. 
Titans, have fun sucking next year, you dirty sister kissers. Uh, all right. Now it's time for everybody's favorite segment, Casey's Casino Corner. All right, all right, all right. Two for three last week. Bucks fucked me. Um, I told you. <laughs> I told you. That's the only one I lost. Anyway, um, this first one is called the uh, Take That Baxter. Mm. Um, Bengals, 49ers. It's Take That Baxter in the form of cooking because he would have to cook. Skyline Chili and uh, uh, Rebel Within. Don't and so don't want to don't want to don't want to <laughs> kill the uh, bracket here for uh, all of our massive ma- fans that are listening. But my pregnant wife has nixed the chili, so we will be doing something different for the Cincinnati Bengals. But, however, Baxter has already said that the backs, if the Cincinnati Bengals make the Super Bowl, he will eat an entire pot of chili, Skyline chili that is, Gold Star specifically by pot himself, entire pot, pot. I got a um, sauce pot that's like so this big. He will make that no matter what, and eat it all. Gold Star um, chili, Gold Star, yes. Bengals are plus five in Buffalo. I don't like anything I saw from the Bills. Tease them up seven points. Bengals plus 12. Very least, this is going to be a close game. I don't see Bengals getting blown out here. 49ers. Cowboys on a very short week coming. To San Francisco, 49ers. Tease them seven points as well to plus three and a half. They can lose by a field goal, and I still collect. Bengals plus 12, 49ers plus three and a half. I got you on the 49ers. I don't I, I I probably also agree with you. I don't think that the Bills would blow out the um Bengals, but I do have the Bills winning that football game. I just think like of course we talked you do. about don't need a whole freaking pot of Well, it's <laughs> also like what we talked about, you know, teams that play the same team from their conference three times. It's hard to win those games just like the the Bengals playing the Ravens. I don't think that the Bengals have nearly a comparable defense to what the Dolphins have. I think uh, the Bills are going to be better suited to play against the Bengals. Uh, and they do not have the pass rush that the Dolphins have, and they do not have a corner that's even comparable to what the Dolphins have. Um, I, I still have the Bills winning, but I don't think they're going to blow them out. Next one. Another teaser. We got three teasers, by the way. Cool. Uh, this one is uh, sorry, Bax teaser. Kansas <laughs> um, City Chiefs are eight and a half point favorites against the Jaguars. Tease them down six points to minus two and a half. Eagles are seven and a half point favorites over the Giants. Tease them down to one and a half. Chiefs minus two and a half. Eagles minus one and a half. Two team six point teaser. That's a good bet. Uh, I mean, as I said, I have the Chiefs winning this game. I think that they are still uh, the better team than the Jags. Uh, I'd love for the Jags to win to prove me wrong yet again. Um, but I think one score game that would be the correct way to bet the the the, the Chiefs Jags game. One more teaser, but this one. Is one of those old-fashioned total teasers. 
Bengals-Buffalo. Currently 48 points. It's the line. Jags-Chiefs. Currently 53 points. It's the line. I don't know if you knew this, but you can tease overs. So I'm teasing both of those overs down six points. But both want to hit the over. So over 42 points in Bengals-Bills and over 47 points in Jags-Chiefs because this is the backstreet were right all along most exciting divisional playoff <laughs> bet of the <laughs> of the three. Um, I didn't make mean to make it three Baxter themed bets, but I did um, because that's how seamless this <laughs> this podcast is. Uh, but I just like none of these defense is particularly, um, and I really like all four of these offenses. Baxter's Baxter's under special of the week rebranded. To Baxter's over special of the week, both AFC <laughs> games, uh, Jags Chiefs over 53 and Bills Bengals over 48. More sure that the Bills Bengals will hit that over 48. I don't see any way that that game's not over 48 points. 53 is still a little bit like, but I mean, I would still feel pretty confident in betting both of those overs without even teasing them. All right. Anything else you want to say? No. <laughs> we will be back next week. Don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts for us if you'd be so kind. You can find and follow us at Surf and Artificial Turf, all one word on Twitter. Email us at the same thing, surf and artificial turf at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you all next week on the Surf and Artificial Turf podcast. Mm-hmm.